0: It is good to see each of you here for this time of worship. We're glad that you're here. Of course, that means you're not somewhere else. Traveling, as a lot of our folks are today, so we're glad to have you here. If you're worshiping with us as a visitor, we are glad to have you here, and we do hope that you'll come back to worship with us on uh, many, many future occasions. Um, A few announcements in the bulletin to call your attention to. One is that um, This morning being a first of the month Sunday, uh, Beverly Davis will be taking some uh, in-interested children uh, up to the library to get books if they would like to, and they will meet here uh, at the exit as we uh, sing our middle hymn, so we invite them to come. Youth, we remind you that you're not meeting tonight, but we'll be meeting on Wednesday night. Um, and also a reminder about Wonderful Wednesday coming up, um, a Water Day um, here at the church. I suppose that's complete with squirt guns, Katie, <clears throat> and other good items. So uh, we look forward to that, and we invite you to let Katie know today uh, if you've got uh, a child that you're planning to, to uh, have here with us. It looks like some weary travelers are back from Europe your trip was good, I trust. Oh, that's good. And others of you have been gone to other places. And is that, is that Bob and Barbara Kay out there, Penny? Yeah, is that Bob and Barbara Kay from Asbury, Francis Asbury Church, where we were together some years back? Uh, now members of another church. We're glad to have you folks here. And I suppose that means there's dinner plans after church today. Penny and I just returned from uh, Indiana uh, for a few days uh, trying to make arrangements for a rehearsal dinner for a wedding coming up. We're about five weeks away from our son getting married up that way in Valparaiso, Indiana. So remember us as we have lots to do in the in the days to come. Let us now uh, begin our time together in worship. affirm our faith in God using the words of the Apostles' Creed on page 881 of your hymnal. I believe Amen. in God, the Father Amen. Almighty, maker Amen. of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the
1: Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He has sent him to heaven and has at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From this he shall come to judge us quick and dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting.
0: At this time, we'd like to invite the children to come forward to join Katie Jeter for a few moments of sharing.
2: Good morning. How's everybody this morning? Are you good? Let me read you a Bible verse to get us started this morning. It comes out of a book in the Bible called 2 Timothy. And it's in chapter 1 and it's two verses, 8 and 12. And it says, so do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me, his prisoner. I'm not ashamed because I know whom I have believed. And I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. And what is today? Right. And there's a song that you might hear, especially around this time of year, or on patriotic holidays like today. And I actually danced to this song when I was a little girl, so I love it. It's an old song, and it's called God Bless the USA, and it's by a man named Lee Greenwood. And I'm going to read you some of the lyrics. It says, if tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd worked for all my life, and I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I'd thank my lucky stars to be living here today, because the flag still stands for freedom, and they can't take that away. I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free, and I won't forget the men who died who gave that right to me. On on days like today, the 4th of July, and other patriotic holidays, a lot of people do what? What do we wear? Red clothes, yeah. Maybe red, white, and blue clothes. Or we hold flags like the one Ella's holding for me. Or you might see flags flying at your house or around town. Have y'all seen a lot of flags lately? Yeah, because why? Are we proud to be Americans? Yeah, so we might wear our red, white, and blue or hold our flags or hang them up at our houses to let people know that we're proud to be Americans. And is that an easy thing to do? Is it easy to say we're proud to be Americans because we live in such a great country and we have freedom here? Yeah, that's pretty easy. Well, is it easy to say that we're proud to be Christians? Is that easy for us? Sometimes it is, but sometimes that's harder because we might be afraid that we're going to offend somebody. Or we're going to break the law somewhere when we're not allowed to say that. We feel like it's not an okay thing. It's not an easy thing. Well, what if it was okay all the time, and it really is okay all the time, to stand up and say, I'm proud to be a Christian, just like we're proud to be Americans. And what if we changed the lyrics to that song to something like this? I'm proud to be a Christian because in Christ I'm free. And I won't forget the one who died on the cross of Calvary. So I'll gladly stand up next to you and praise his name today because there ain't no doubt I love my Lord who took my sins away. Do you think we can do that? Can we remember that? Not just being proud that we're American, which is a great thing, but we're proud to be Christians too, right? Can y'all do that with me? Okay, let's pray together. Dear Jesus, we pray that we would never be ashamed to stand up and tell others about you. We are proud to be a Christian. Amen.
0: We appreciate the fact that during most of the year our education committee lines up people to lead the children's moments on Sunday mornings. That job grows very difficult in the summer when folks are traveling and uh, we have in previous years just not tried to fill that spot. But we have an employee named Katie Jeter who's going to step in when the ball gets dropped, so we appreciate her very much for helping with this ministry during the summer. It's, a, it's a, an awesome and wonderful thing to be here and not have to look at John Jameson out here anymore. He's back here in the choir now where he has to see my best side. He said, he said he's so happy to be back in the choir for that reason, so uh, we're glad to have him back. So very glad. Here now, our Old Testament uh, reading from Joshua chapter 24, uh, verses 13 through 18. And so I gave you a land on which you did not toil, and cities you did not build. And you live in them, and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Now fear the Lord, and serve him with all faithfulness, Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord." Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord, to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our fathers up out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all nations, including the Amorites, who lived in the land. We, too, will serve the Lord because he is our God. Here ends the lesson. Our responsive reading is Psalm 33, found on page 767. I invite you to stand as you're able as we share this passage together. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous. Delight in praise, O you upright. Sing to the Lord a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. The Lord gathered the waters of the sea as in a bottle and put the deeps in storehouses. Let all
1: the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand at all.
0: For the Lord spoke and it came to be. The Lord commanded and it stood forth. The Lord brings the counsel of
1: the nations to nothing and frustrates the lands of the peoples.
0: The counsels of the Lord stands forever. The thoughts of God's heart to all generations. Blessed is the who of our Lord, for the, nations, Lord.
1: the people whom the Lord has chosen as heritage.
0: The Lord looks down from heaven and sees all peoples. The Lord sits is throne and
1: looks forth on all the inhabitants of the earth, fashioning the hearts of them all and
0: observing all their peace. A king is not saved by his great army, a warrior is not delivered by his great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who are faithful and hope for God's steadfast love, to deliver their soul from death, and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul for the Lord, our help
1: and shield.
0: Our heart is glad in the Lord because we trust in God's holy name. Our epistle lesson is uh, Galatians 5, verse 1, and then verses 13 through 25. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to sinful nature. They're in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Here ends the lesson. Let us join our hearts together in prayer, and as we do so, I invite you to remember folks who are in uh, times of recovery from illness and surgery. I want to make sure you know that Bob Gray had open heart surgery on Friday, triple bypass, and is doing well, but let us remember him and others in this time of prayer. Let us pray. we thank you for this day. We thank you that we live in a free country where we can choose to be here. Or we could choose to be in another place of worship, to worship you in a very different way if we wanted to. We can choose what we do for a career And we can make decisions about how long we need to work. We live with such freedom that most of the world could not comprehend how wonderful this country is. And we take it for granted, Lord, because we've never known it any other way. So we come to offer you our thanks that you inspired and worked with those who came to this land to frame a constitution that guarantees our freedom, that you led them in the construction of a system that has so many checks and balances that it's difficult for any group of people to assume authority over the rest of us, and you allow us to elect our own leaders and to to make our own way here in this country. And we thank you for this. We are grateful for our freedoms. We pray that you would strengthen us always so that people in faraway lands might see us and dream of their own independence and freedom and that we would be strong so that dictators and kings and queens and others who would rule ruthlessly would always be reminded of our nation. Thank you, Lord, for your presence with Bob and others like him in hospital hospital rooms and at home and in nursing homes and other places where they are recovering. We celebrate the wonderful way that you made our bodies. There are such wonderful natural recuperative powers that you placed within each one of us. And we're thankful for the gift of knowledge that you have given to people who study medicine and we're grateful for your spirit that works in cooperation and harmony with the way we were created and with the gifts of medicine to bring us health and healing. We remember all these things, and we know that indeed you are for us, O God. And so we pray for our friends in special times of need, that they might be mindful that you are really on their side, giving them your strength. We're thankful, Lord, that you give us freedom. Help us to always employ our freedom for kingdom goals, for loving our neighbors, and for caring for one another. For we pray in the name of Jesus who inspires us to live freely and to use our freedom so as we pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us now... Worship God by giving. It was an interesting thing to listen to the radio as we were driving back on Friday from Indiana. And by the way, there's only two things that separate South Carolina from Indiana. One is the mountains a few miles away, and then there's this huge cornfield you wouldn't believe. that I thought I'd never get out of that cornfield. It runs for days. But anyways, we were coming back, we heard a, a fellow talking on the radio and he said that 25% of people recently polled did not know who America had declared their independence from in 1776. 10% of the people said China and about 10% split between mexico and canada so um i would say we've got some talking to do (laughs) out there in our schools from time to time and other places but it is wonderful that we have this day to celebrate here now our lesson from john's gospel chapter uh chapter 8 verses 31 through 36 To those who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. Then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And they answered him, We're Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family but a child belongs to it forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Here ends the lesson. If you ever get mad at something the preacher says or doesn't say, then perhaps you will understand that we preachers also get angry at what our leaders across our nation in the United Methodist Church, our bishops and others, what they say or don't say. Some of us refer to the monthly newspaper that is printed by our annual conference as the United Methodist Aggravate. But there is something good about being aggravated sometime about something that the preacher says. And that good thing is that something registers with us and makes a strong enough impression upon us to make us wrestle with an issue and to think seriously about it. And sometimes we are even prodded into taking some action after the preacher makes us think. People were always getting mad at Jesus for things he said, and sometimes it must have caught him off guard. Take, for instance, the time that Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, what could be taken wrong about that? But some people took it wrong. Some in his congregation got angry and answered him, What do you mean? We're Abraham's descendants, and we haven't been slaves of anybody. Then Jesus stopped preaching and went to meddling, as we like to say, when he added, I tell you the truth... Anyone who sins is a slave to that sin. If Jesus had a chance to preach today in America, I believe he would say that when he looks at us, he sees slaves everywhere in spite of the freedom that we have been guaranteed in our Constitution. Our overcrowded jails are one indication of slavery. Our drug-addicted population is another We have to lock our doors and purchase security alarms because some people are slaves of the habit of stealing. Some people are habitual uh, drinkers of excess and then they try to drive home in that condition. Some Americans are habitually unfaithful to their families and their mates and others of us perhaps are addicted to our knives, forks, and spoons. I asked my doctor one time if he thought I had an underactive thyroid, and he said, no, but I think you do have an overactive fork. We are slaves of sin, and I changed doctors. Personal debts enslave most of us, don't they? Few of our young adults can finish college anymore without massive debts. And they're slaves of those debts for a lot of their adult lives. This is especially true, by the way, of United Methodist preachers and preachers of other denominations also, who finish seminaries with huge debts. And then what do we do? We send them to our smallest churches where the, the smallest salaries are paid. Some of our graduates of Duke and Emory and other places will be paying off their seminary education right up until they retire. Most of us carry far too much debt on our credit cards. And if you don't have health insurance, as is true for more and more Americans these days, one hospitalization can lead you to bankruptcy. We are slaves to our poor stewardship practices. In his letter to the Galatian churches. Paul spoke about the proper use of the freedom that Christ has given us, and that causes me to think about how we also need to be careful to use the freedom that our ancestors have given us, that we need to use that freedom responsibly as well. Paul warns us not to give up our freedom by allowing ourselves to become enslaved again. He next gives us a list of some things that can enslave people, and we quickly agree with those items. He names immorality, debauchery, drunkenness, idolatry, witchcraft, and we say, amen, Paul, preach it, brother. And then he hits us right between the eyes with some surprising things that God considers just as sinful. Hatred, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, Envy, causing disagreements, and splitting ourselves up into various factions. We hear this list and we want to say, now wait a doggone minute, Paul. I deserve to hate that person for what they did to me. And yes, I'm jealous of those people. They have gotten all the breaks and I didn't get any. All I've had is bad luck. And what's wrong with me wanting to be first in my chosen profession?" And how can I help being envious of actors and ball players who make thousands of times more per year than I do? And I don't really mean to cause so many disagreements, Lord, but I've got some very strong political opinions. I happen to like the political faction that I belong to, and I'm not very fond of the others. And Paul responds, I warn you, as I did before. That those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Yikes. Jesus was right. We are not free, we are slaves. We need the Son to set us free. We need for God to show us how to make good use of the freedom that our ancestors have given to us and that Jesus has provided for us on the cross. We need for the Son to constantly set us free. One of the problems in the early church was that people didn't understand what they had been freed from. They heard that they had been freed from the law of Moses, and some of them misunderstood this to mean that they were free from the moral imperatives contained therein, and that now they were free to become immoral and irresponsible if they wanted to. Some folks in Thessalonica thought that freedom in Christ meant that they no longer had to even work for a living. If salvation and God's love were free gifts and if God was always going to love them no matter what, then they thought, let's just get busy sinning. Paul explained that this is not what he meant at all by being free from the law. It couldn't mean that, he said, because we should so identify with Jesus' cross of self denial that we strive to become numb, dead to the temptations to sin. If Jesus was dead to sin because of his self denial, so then should we be. So they weren't free to sin, they were dead, numb to sin. We're told to crucify ourselves and I'm still crucifying some of my sins they aren't dead yet but I'm working on them and I hope that you're working on yours also. What then were they from and what are we freed from? Well they had been freed from a legalistic religious system that demanded strict observance to little bitty laws if one was going to be saved their salvation no longer depended on their keeping of all those rules their perfection was no longer the issue it now depended on what christ had done for us but that still didn't mean that they could sin as they pleased in fact paul wrote that we should be careful not to misuse our freedom as an excuse to indulge in sin. We've been freed from a legalistic religious system. We have been freed from the penalty of our sin. But that did not mean we were free to sin as we pleased. Secondly, Paul said that we were free now to enjoy a much simpler religious system defined as love your neighbor as you love yourself. We are free from having to remember a thousand little rules as long as we remember that basic rule. Well, I think it would also be helpful to remember the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. How wonderful it would be if before we took any action toward another human being, we would ask ourselves, is my action a loving action? Is this how I myself would like to be treated? We don't have to be slaves to sin any longer or to the law now if we will become slaves of Jesus' simple religious rules. Some years ago, folk singer Bob Dylan tried to tell us about this in a song he wrote called Gotta Serve Somebody. He said that no matter who you are, you're going to end up serving somebody. Somebody. He said it might be the devil or it might be the Lord, but you've got to serve somebody. We can choose whether we are enslaved to sin or slaves of Christ. We can be free from slavery to sin as long as we're willing to be slaves of Christ. Thirdly, we are free when we allow God's spirit to pack us full of his goodness I once heard the Christian life described by a preacher in a wonderful, inviting way. He said that the Christian life is not so much trying to avoid bad things as it is packing your life stock full of good things so that you don't leave yourself time for the bad things. Now, I like that. You You fill up your time and your life with good things so that you don't have time for mischief. I know that when we were busy raising small children, we tried to keep them busy with good things. Penny would take them to every library that had story time so that they might be with other children and hear good stories read to them. And there were other activities that we involved them in. Both children went to to preschool programs when they were three and four years old John used to tell people that he went to a preschool down at the Bappy Church. They both played church sports. Our church in Rock Hill had a ball field next door to the Parsonage. And our children played on co-ed softball teams there until they were in high school. And it was serious business in that community. Then Hillary got busy with school chorus and John got busy with soccer in his high school. We also carried them to church every week. We had an agreement, an understanding with them that we went to church and they would be going to church as long as they lived with us. Now when they got on their own, then they could make their own way and rules. But I wish we had been at a church like Memorial that employed a Katie Jeter to plan programs for John and Hillary when they were little people. I wish we had been in a church with an Andy Watson working with them during their teenage years. If our children were growing up at Memorial Day, we'd have them here for everything. Miss Gail and Miss Betsy would have them during the week in the preschool program, CEP, and we would be here with Katie and Andy to help us raise our children. I would let you fill up my children's lives with good things. I tell you, if you're busy driving a family taxi around, hauling kids from one good activity to another, they won't have time for much mischief and you won't either. The Christian life is not a matter of just avoiding bad things. It's a matter of filling our lives with meaningful, worthwhile things. The Holy Spirit comes to pack our lives with good things too. Like like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Spirit doesn't just empty us out of sin and leave us empty. Jesus one time told a story about that. He said that if we stayed empty, that evil spirit that we'd rid ourselves of would come back and reoccupy us and bring along seven of his buddies with us. Worse habits, worse ways of living. Thanks be unto God that when we're cleaned up by Christ, we can seek to be full of the Spirit so that we're filled with his good ways and we don't return to our evil ways. Paul concluded this passage with these words, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. To me, that paints a picture of a marching band or a group of soldiers marching along, kept in step, either by the drummer or by a drill sergeant's cadence. We are free as we keep marching together, keeping in step with Jesus' cadence. We are freed by following the Spirit's drumbeat in our lives. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Amen. Thank you.